In this episode of Hoosology, we welcome sneaker expert and host of Hard Pass on YouTube, Jock Slade. In light of the recent news that Kyrie Irving's relationship with Nike has been terminated, we just want to make this producer's note that this episode was recorded about a couple of weeks ago with Jock providing a detailed summary of the Kyrie Irving-Nike relationship. At the time of this interview, it was right after Kyrie Irving's most recent apology regarding his controversial Twitter posts. We get Slade's insight into how Kyrie's most recent controversy will affect the Brooklyn Nets and any other sneaker deals moving forward. We also discuss if the media and fans will continue the scrutiny of other public figures and athletes. We also chat with with Jock about his love of, of the Los Angeles Lakers and how they're really struggling this year. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And now, Jock Slade. He is the host of Hard Pass on YouTube. We welcome back Jock Slade on Hoopsology. How's it going, Jock? It's going well. How are you? Doing really well. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming back to bring your perspective. What a difference a year makes. <laughs> just uh, the last time we spoke. Just, <laughs> just well, like just in terms of just the basketball world, things have been turned upside down. So I want to start with just the late breaking news of just Kyrie Irving returning to the Brooklyn Nets. And just your thoughts on just the current situation just in regards to his relationship with Nike. If you just give a quick synopsis as to how this this really this previous this current situation with him and Twitter is just systemic to just you know things going downhill overall with him and Nike. Can you just kind of put mm-hmm. kind of a bow on this whole situation? Where do you think you know this relationship goes from here? Do you think a reconciliation process is possible between the two parties? Um, well, I'll say this: I, I I hope that a reconciliation process is is available. Um, whether or not that is a reality, uh, or you know. That depends on people that make a lot more money than I do. But my hope is that there is an, a, 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 a situation where they reconcile. The situation with Nike and Kyrie has been going pretty much going downhill since, uh, I, I would say, last year with the Kyrie 8 slash Kyrie Infinity. Uh, Kyrie made comments about it, um, that he didn't like the shoe. Obviously, probably not the best way to do it is to do it publicly. And it, it just kind of snowballed from there and then the recent events um that happened obviously i feel like it gave nike the opportunity to to step away uh prematurely so my again my hope is that there's some, there is place for reconciliation and uh an open an open area for dialogue um you mentioned in one of your youtube videos just about how not only the basketball world, but this society as a whole just went super hard on Kyrie and you want to, you might want to make sure that that energy keeps up for anybody else that, you know, approaches the waters that Kyrie has. I want, I want to get yes. your opinion from just a basketball perspective from a league standpoint with Adam Silver. If this does happen again, do you think the league will just be more proactive just compared to last time where they took a more wait and see approach and then they took action. Do you think if we see this again, they're going to be way more aggressive immediately? Or do you think they'll follow suit in terms of maybe just waiting and seeing, or how do you think the league's going to react if we, if this situation I think eventually comes up again? Well, I think there's a lot of learnings the leagues can get from this current situation. And my hope is that they do still take time to really assess the situation and not have a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, I think knee-jerk reactions are what got us in this place that we are now, uh, from both sides, really. Um, I really hope that the, the 
Adam Silver and or whoever it is, the team owners really take this an opportunity to learn how they respond to these situations and really get an understanding of the perspective of where these things are coming from. Um, but at the same time, I, I my thought was like, I want them to keep that same energy with everything, not just with the players. Sure. That same energy needs to be with the owners. Uh, the politicians need to be held to the same regard. Um, celebrities need to be held to the same regard. Like if this is going to be the norm for how we respond to these situations, then this needs to be the norm. Like there's no reason Kyrie should be singled out and he gets that sort of treatment, but no one else does. So that's like, that was my perspective. Like, okay, cool. If this is how we're going to address it, then we need to keep that same energy across the board, no matter who you are. No, I 100% agree, just because, especially with the recent situation with the Phoenix Suns, with Robert Sauver, that was years of this stories and just like systemic abuse everybody knew and then it blew up in a story and even that took a long time for action to take place so um i just i just like you said i just hope that that energy just keeps going um if you know eventually we'll probably see another scandal like this happen again uh go ahead matt yeah jacques i i know you've talked about this situation a lot too so i hesitate to ask you about this but do want your thoughts on the comparison between the brands of course we had um, a change in the contract status, I guess, is one way to put it with Kanye West. How does that compare with the Kyrie situation from, you know, this big brand, um, you know, stamp on on who they're working with uh, in terms of influencer or celebrity? I mean, is it different with Kyrie being an athlete versus Kanye being um, a mogul and a public figure? Um. I would imagine that the deals are structured differently. Um, Kyrie is coming at it from more like an athlete athlete perspective where he's endorsing a single shoe every year. It's like his signature shoe. And I'm sure there's probably more marketing efforts kind of tied into his contract. So I think that's just looked at separately. And I imagine that his contract, speaking of Kyrie, ends at the end of his relationship and there's no more tied to him they can take his name off the shoe and sell it which is probably the same thing adidas is going to do for kanye it was more of looked at as like a partner um from from my understanding um and i'm like again i have not seen either contract i'm just speculating here based on you know things that i've heard and things that i've seen within the industry so i would think that their contracts were were set up a little differently and structured a little differently whereas kanye was seen more of like a partner collaborator whereas kyrie was looked at more of an endorser uh, sort of situation. So I would assume Kanye, you know, of course, understanding that we haven't read through that contract, it sounds like Kanye would have a little bit more um, power over the direction of of that deal or maybe like a bigger share than Kyrie in terms of uh, related to the company. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not sure as far as like, royalty perspective who got the the larger piece of the pie based on kanye's previous net net worth we would assume that kanye had a bigger piece of the pie um but i also think kanye probably had a more more influence in the final design of what it looked like and how it worked and how it was marketed whereas kyrie based on his comments from last year about the kyrie it didn't seem like he had as much influence in the actual shape design and all of those things of the shoe. 
And in losing either of those public figures, I mean, relatively speaking, how big of a, a hit do you think this is to these companies? I mean, losing Kyrie, my understanding is his, his shoe is very popular, um, at least maybe yeah. before that Kyrie 8 situation. Um, and then Kanye, um, I found it very interesting. You explained in, in one of your videos how the relationship will kind of continue, just be uh, a little bit more subtle or, or a little less out in the open. Um, how much of a hit do you think each company is taking in these situations? Or is it, I mean, these companies being so big is just kind of a drop in the bucket. Um, I, well, I think it's a, it's not necessarily a drop in the bucket. Kyrie, Kyrie's signature shoe was probably the most popular signature shoe that Nike has. Um, Mm. the, the younger generation absolutely love Kyrie. Like, if it's not Steph, it's probably Kyrie that kids look up to at this point kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, so his shoe was one of, if not the most popular, I think it's the most worn. Um, and I, I'll have to check these for sure. I think it's the most worn shoe in the NBA by other players is the Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either Kyrie's or Kobe's. One, one, of, the, one of those two. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think in that perspective, you'll see, you know, some impact there. But as far as like a long-term impact, like there's people waiting in the wings to be the next Kyrie. Like you have Ja, who's obviously the most likely person to kind of fill those shoes, you know, no pun intended. Like that's probably the next guy that's going to be there. And then as far as Kanye goes, um, I think Kanye's influence was larger than just Adidas. Kanye had an influence um, on culture in general. Whereas I don't think Kyrie had a, a larger influence on the culture of shoes and sneakers. Uh, Kanye had that sort of influence. So it'll be a bigger impact to Adidas, but that doesn't mean that Adidas is not going to be great regardless. You know what I mean? Adidas is going to be fine. You know, as much as Kanye's, you know, most adamant fans would like to think that Adidas is going to fail and they're going to go bankrupt. That's just not the reality. Adidas is going to be perfectly fine. In fact, you know, it's been reported that they're going to start selling Yeezys without Yeezy branding. So the shoes will still be available. And at some point, you know, people will see that shoe and think, oh, that's a nice shoe. It won't even relate it to Kanye. They already do it with Kobe's shoes. And Nike even does it, does it with their old athlete shoes. So it's not like this is something that's foreign or new or they're doing it just to Kanye to spite him. This is something that's already been going on. Generally, they give you a little more time before they release those shoes but adidas seems to be very aggressive in the way that they're going to re-release those shoes without the yeezy branding within the next year um which which will be interesting to see because you just don't know how the public is going to respond um the public does forget pretty easily but we'll see how how if they've forgotten enough where adidas can sell you know non-yeezy yeezys and no one blinks an eye you mentioned this, the next generation of NBA stars ready in their wings to, you know, perhaps take that mantle from Kyrie. Since we last talked, I think you mentioned there's about 15 NBA stars with shoe deals. Has that changed since the last time we chatted? And do you think there'll be more, do you see an increase happening with like the rise of NIL with like college players? Like how, how do you think that with this college athletes or even high school athletes, all that meshing together, has that affected how shoe deals are going to be done in the future? I imagine that will NIL deals are interesting. I don't, I, I don't, I can't think of an NIL deal where they're getting a shoe. Um, 
but I, I think that I, I I have to believe that a sneaker deal is going to be reserved for professional players. I don't think college players will get shoes. But again, I imagine that could change it if there's an athlete that's big enough as a you know as a as a kid or in high school and college that that rule will eventually be broken. But in the current market, I, I would say it's going to be a while. So and that number like there's already too many signature shoe deals out there honestly um it's hard to it's almost hard to keep up with how many people have deals and then again and there's people waiting in the wings so you know jaw is the most like like okay we expect jaw to get a shoe like it's coming um but it's like do we need jaw and paul and Giannis and lebron and kd and Kyrie? do we need all of those and elena della don like, do we need all of these people to have signature shoes from one brand? You can argue yes, and you could argue no, but it's like, it's a lot. And there's no kid that's going to have everybody's shoe. Do you think it's a problem of oversaturation? Um, and do you think that would probably harm the brand, perhaps, with all those athletes having signature shoes? Uh, I don't want to say it's oversaturation. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it is a little bit of oversaturation. Um, but it's also like all of these guys are guys and gals are stars in their own right. And they deserve, you know, they put the work in to get their own signature shoe. You know what I mean? Like KD. Yeah. You expect KD to have a signature shoe. Paul George is bought. Like you expect Paul George to have a signature shoe. You expect all these people to have, have one, whether they need one, I think is more of, do they have this? It's, it's almost like now it's not necessarily like, you being a great player i think now it's your influence on the game is really how it should be looked at for a signature shoe like lebron clearly needs a signature shoe he's the guy that gets a signature shoe um but like lebron's affected the game in ways like that we won't that, that you know we'll see for 5 10 20 years we'll see how lebron has changed the game um kd same thing like this tall lanky guy that plays like a guard and shoots the lights out like he deserves a shoe. So I think it's really, I think brands across the board, not just Nike, Adidas, Nike, New Balance, whoever, they're going to have to, it's not necessarily about how great of a player you are. It's about how much you affect the game because there's tons of great players, but how do you affect the game? And are you, honestly, are you marketable? Are you, is there a marketing plan behind you? Because really, I mean, if you think about a signature shoe deal, that's really what it is. It's a marketing play to get you to buy that kind of shoe. And you have to be likable or you have to be aspirational. You're either likable or aspirational or you're the bad guy like Charles Barkley. Like, you know, it just kind of depends on where you sit in that world, but it has to be marketable. And I think that is going to be the determining factor. That's the difference. Yeah, and taking it back to what you just mentioned about NIL, that's why uh, I agree with you, um, and I think that perfectly illustrates it, is how much influence really is a collegiate athlete going to have, especially when you consider, you know, college sports-wise. I, I don't know that the ratings and uh, the overall poll, I mean, you could be big man on campus at Duke or, um, you know, star of that basketball team and not really have a whole lot of pull and influence like you just mentioned. So that might be yeah. one of the main limitations as far as that goes. Um, when you look at 
you know, we have, I'm sure you, as, as all of us have been following, you know, we've got Wemby in the draft next year. We've got Scoot Henderson, who looks very exciting. Uh, traditionally, you know, big men, and, and you can speak more to this, I'm sure <laughs> you, you have much more knowledge on it than I do, but traditionally, you know, big men don't seem to do as well uh, selling shoes or getting shoe deals. Do you see Wemby as a potential for breaking that mold? I mean, we're seeing him take these bizarre, like one-legged three-pointers from deep and, and swishing them. Is is he, you know, enough of an anomaly that that um, sort of increases his marketability and influence, or it's just going to take sheer dominance? Uh, I think again, I think it's his, I think he'll get a shoe deal. Like it, it's clearly he clearly he's going to get a shoe deal. Um, but again, I think it, it, he just has to be marketable. Like you can be a great player. Like Kawhi's amazing. Like, and, and New Balance is trying their best to market him, but he, he just doesn't have that, uh, that it thing. You know, there's, there's True. an it thing yeah. to you that makes you, um, that kind of flips the switch for you. Um, so I, I just don't, I just don't, I haven't seen enough of him. Let me say, I'll, I'll say, that. I haven't seen enough of Wimby to know if he has that it thing. Like I haven't really heard him talk. You know what I mean? I've seen him ball out and I've seen him, you know, go crazy on the court, but I haven't really heard him like his charisma. Like where's his charisma level? Like where is that? Absolutely. Like yeah. where, how is that going to, how is that going to grab us? Like that's why Shaq was such an anomaly. Like Shaq sold shoes because he was Shaq. He was break dancing on the court. He was, you know, he was making rap songs. He was, you know, doing all of these crazy things. He had like this comedic personality. He was fun. I'm a fun guy, but I'll crush you on the court. But I love to have fun at the same time. Like that's what made Shaq so appealing and, and allowed for Shaq to sell shoes. But no one, I don't, I don't know if Wimby has that. Like you need to, if it, to be a big man to sell shoes, you have to be, in a sense, you have to be Shaq or you have to be Giannis, which is just like this, innocence like there's like Giannis's charm is his innocence you know what I mean that's what's marketable about Giannis his innocence is exploring of the American culture and coming from Greece and coming from where he came from like that's Giannis's appeal that's like it's it, it's a story that can't necessarily like you know that's that's stranger than fiction kind of thing and so that's where his appeal is so he's able to sell shoes because people love who he is people love who Shaq is but we have to have that same thing with Wimby in order for it to be, I think in order for it to, to reach the level of you're going to have a signature shoe. So I want to get your observations on the NBA season so far. Uh, we've seen, oh you know, a lot of just drama, a lot of just like, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we've just been embroiled with just one soap opera after another. But at the same time, we've seen some nice surprises, like with the Utah Jazz. That's been a nice surprise for the Cavaliers. They've been fun to watch. Or even Matt's Houston Rockets, which are, you know, they have a horrible record, but they're entertaining Ooh. to watch. Um, I just <laughs> Sometimes. Um, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> um, just overall, what have you observed, Jock? Anything that has catched your eye? Anything that's been disappointing or Anything that surprised you at all, or Jacques? Sorry, I think we got you on I mute. mute. Oh, there you go. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, disappointment. Um, so, I live in Southern California, 
and mm-hmm. I've grown up a fan of a certain team here in Los Angeles. And that uh, that certain team is uh, experiencing some cha- challenges, let's say. And so uh, my consumption of NBA content has tapered considerably out of not lack of love of basketball, because I do, I love the sport, but it's out of a lack, it's out of an abundance of frustration. So mm. if we're going to talk about things that have surprised me, um, like I knew the Lakers weren't going to be super good, but I didn't know they were going to be super bad. Mm. Um, that hurts. That hurts as a, as a, as a, li- a lifelong Laker fan. Um, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm really, I'm usually optimistic. I talk so much trash about the Lakers online. And I feel like I can't even talk trash about the Lakers. I can't even be like, yeah, 17 time world champion, Los Angeles, Lakers. I, like, I can't even, I, I feel like that feels dirty in my mouth. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so if I had to say anything right now, it would be that I want the Lakers to do better. That's that's my assessment on the NBA season. I don't care what anybody else does. Have a great season, everybody. I want you guys to play well, but I need the Lakers. Oh my God. Please, if y'all know, who, who saw the big podcast? If you guys can reach somebody. I don't <laughs> Please, put in a word. You, you guys do this all the time. Put in a word. I know you guys have connections. Put in a word with somebody to just make it better. I just want it to be better. That's all I'm asking. Please. Well, it's just it's such it's such a bummer just to see because I, I think the Knicks are very similar in this regard. When when they're good, the NBA's I think is better. Whether you hate them or whether you like them, I just think it's just just the energy. It, the, the league has more life to it when those two teams are good and when. They suck. I, it's, just, it's just debilitating to watch. Even I'm not a Laker fan. I'm a lifetime Chicago Bulls fan. It's just it's sad to see. I mean, it's just yeah. it kind of hits you. Either both teams, even if they're not doing well, and just the drama happening. Anthony Davis consistently getting hurt. You know, LeBron's you know field goal percentage just taking just going into the tank and just with Russell Westbrook. You know, we all know what's going on with him. So, do you think the Lakers? Do you think should blow it up? Just like start over from scratch. I mean, just. No, you know, honestly, I, I think I honestly think we have a good team. I think it's just a matter of like the puzzle pieces aren't in the right place. Like we need someone. I don't know if it's the coaching or this like if it's egos. It's some. It's just like we have the pieces to be a good team. You would think if you just read the list, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's a, they're, they're they're solid, they're good, but it's just like. I don't know if they're using a different kind of ball in practice or something. You know, maybe maybe the the court they've been practicing on is shorter or something. I don't know if the three point lines maybe closer where they at the practice facility, but something is just is just not clicking, and and that's that's tough. Like I I love Westbrook. Like I think he's a a great the energy he brings to the team. I think it's needed, and I, I love his passion for the game and how passionate he plays. But it's like we, we've, we've got to find a way to work with that at the same time working with LeBron. And, and if we could just get AD to, 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 I don't know, get that man some Band-Aids or something, like, let's get it. Like, we got to get it. We got to make it work. Yeah. yeah I think at, at a certain point, you know, you've 
you've got the names. Uh, you've got, I mean, three guys in your NBA top 75, um, you know, that, that just came out last year um, at a certain point. I mean, yeah, you need those those moves for those role players to put around them, certainly. But I, yeah. I'm with you. I, I kind of just think if if I were in your shoes, just like roll it out and, hey, you guys get paid the big bucks. You have the big names. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, like uh, what what is it? What needs to be fixed, guys? I mean, even the Warriors, they they went through a little stunt, a little, you know, what, a couple weeks ago. Or was it last week or whatever it was? Like they, they kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch, but they were – they like like they're now they're like oh, okay like ah all right oh you you okay oh okay no you're supposed to be there all right all right you're supposed to be there like like they got it together now like they're like they're they they found it and we we just haven't been able to find it like it's like we're playing hide and go seek and nobody can find anybody. They played the Rockets last night that that helped them find it. <laughs> so you guys just need to play the Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. That's a good one. Jacques, what else are you seeing from the Eastern Conference? Do you do you like um, you know, when a certain conference is more packed versus the other one? In terms of balance of power, do you feel like that has shifted like full scale to the Eastern Conference? What do you think of the balance of power in the league? Uh yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of look, yeah. I guess if you when you say it that way. I guess I didn't really think about it, but now that now that I hear you say that, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, gosh, now that you say that, yeah, darn. <laughs> I guess I guess so. It, it I guess feels it's, weird. It's, it's been so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't think of you don't really think. I guess I don't think of it like as an East Coast Conference and West Coast Conference. You kind of just think of the teams. Sure. But True. hearing you say it that way, yeah. I mean. Milwaukee is still incredible. Like they're still going to be, you know, a massive threat. Um, but then, like, I kind of like like Portland's kind of like my third, fourth team, and like I want them to do better. So, like, yeah, like I think about what Portland's doing. It's like, yeah, gosh, yeah, the Rockets. Like, I I was I spent six years in Houston, so like the Rockets are kind of like my. It's like, yeah, yeah, Rockets. I'm like, I don't, I'm not a fan, but like, like I want them to do well. But yeah, mm-hmm. they. All, all the teams like the West Coast, the main teams on the West Coast, you're kind of like, ooh, guys, yeah, season started, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so not, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, I guess you're right. So, Jock, before we let you go, um, watching your videos, you have a lot of great synergy with the role of pro wrestling and um, your show as well. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, so. I want to ask you, just within the recent years, I would say the past five or six years especially, we've seen a lot of wrestlers use sneakers in their matches. And from all regards, we've seen a lot of sneakerheads online be outraged just through you know, these sneakers <laughs> being damaged in matches, just like blood <laughs> being on them just to do what they're doing uh, just in the ring. So I just can you explain kind of like the outrage? And do you think a lot of these wrestlers are like, I don't know, they're just kind of jumping on kind of the sneakerhead train just to be cool? Or do you think they're legit sneakerheads? Like, I think Kobe Kingston, I think he's a legit sneakerhead, in my opinion, just through just the artists he's collaborative, collaborated with, just the custom sneakers. But there's some other people where I'm like, 
really? You're a sneakerhead, huh? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. you know, a stretch. <laughs> I, 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 so I, everything you said, I 100% agree with. Um, I think, I think there are some guys in, 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 uh, in pro wrestling that are, and like, I don't think they're sneaker heads, but I think they like sneakers. Gotcha. And I think that's, that's two separate things. I think a lot of people like, oh, if you have on cool sneakers, you must be sneakers. No, you don't have to be a sneaker. You just may like, you may have three or four sneakers that you really like and they're cool sneakers. Okay, cool. Right. You like sneakers, but you're not a sneaker head. So I don't, I don't know if there's any sneaker heads in, in, in pro wrestling. I wow. think there's a bunch okay. of, there's some people who like, who, who legitimately like sneakers. Okay. Um, but I do also think uh, that pro wrestling is very smart and they're using it as, uh, 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 um, as, as part of the story. So I, I think I think they're fully aware of what they're doing and how popular sneakers are, and integrated in, integrating sneakers into the storyline. I think it just it just makes sense. It's just part of you know you know people wearing watches or driving cars or wearing whatever it is. You know, wrestling has always been very aware of culture and finding ways to integrate those those things into the storyline. So I feel like they. This is just another one of those one of those things. And as far as sneakerheads getting upset about them destroying sneakers in the ring, um, I don't know if these sneakerheads have ever watched wrestling and understand what happens to shoes when you wear them in a wrestling <laughs> ring. Um, so I, I I don't even know how to address that because it's like <laughs> you, like you do realize this is wrestling, right? Like you understand. Like, do you do you know what they do inside? You've seen them flip, uh, jump run bounce slam like you've seen them do these things haven't you so for sneakerheads that com complain about that like i don't even i honestly if someone tweeted me like i would ignore them completely ignore them it's like I, I mean you how do you engage with somebody like that's like oh oh my god he's all oh, be excited about a dirt biker wearing jordan ones like oh that's awesome i love that he's wearing jordan ones <laughs> oh my god they're so dirty like what what do you realize what he does for a living oh yeah right yeah. no so totally I, I guess that's, that's my answer to that totally feel you totally agree one last question before i let you go do you think if you know roman reigns is popping right now like is is there a possibility of a wrestler in the future getting a signature shoe is that possible i think i saw recently oh. that one of the lucha brothers got a shoe i forgot which company it was but i thought they had a deal with the one with the either um phoenix ray phoenix or pentagon um so metal that they they have a sneaker deal or something um oh, i saw I it on their aew uh, twitter page but just wondering wow. do you think it's possible to see if somebody gets popping like do you see a collaboration there or do you think just the world of pro wrestling is kind of like eh, we don't want to get involved with that like that's cool they're wearing our shoe but like they think they're gonna stay in their lane well we've seen collabs before uh true. I think puma was it puma yeah puma. I think so. yeah puma yeah. just did the last like set of like collabs so we've seen collabs yes as far as a wrestler getting a signature shoe i can see i can see us i could see a wrestler getting endorsed i don't know about a signature wrestling shoe because that i think people would expect it to be a wrestling shoe sure and no one and no one's gonna wear a wrestling shoe casually unless it's halloween yeah. A little too so, niche. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too niche. So I, I think having getting a, a wrestler being endorsed and wearing like cool sneakers as part of their 
part of their part of their character. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I think I think that works. Jock, we appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much. Please let our viewers and listeners know where you can find you on social media, um, your YouTube show, and anything else you're working on for this year and 2023 as well. Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Justin and Matt. Thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, if you want to find me, um, you can, it's just Cousteau all over the internet. So that's K-U-S-T-O-O or my first name, Jacques Slay. But most stuff is Cousteau, and that's all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Bumble, uh, Farmer Mates, all, all of those places. <laughs> like, just, I'm there. I'm on those platforms. Awesome. Appreciate, appreciate the time as always. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, guys.